0: Your father will lay in a bed at Loma Linda ICU. You will not know, or maybe you are denying it, but these will be the last days of his life. He sits with a blank stare. Tumors the size of quarters will be crushing his brain as they grow. grow, grow, Over here, gentlemen. I, I have a table here for us. Better start writing. Please not introduce yourselves
1: because I recognize you again. These are dangerous times. Leave a lot times, out times, when I tell times, the, times, times, the truth. I'm Joe Straczny, and I better start writing this down. Episode thirteen. Father Engine. Today marks a first for this show. I don't know if you noticed, but the voice in the cold open was not mine. That's because while I produced today's show, I didn't write it. Ryan Mecklenburg did. When I was in grad school at Bennington College, I wasn't in the best shape mentally or physically. I became friends with a soft-spoken guy who was writing a novel about a pickle company. His name was Ryan. He seemed amused by my antics and I was impressed by his restraint. And by the fact that he decided to read every Pulitzer Prize winning novel. We lived on separate coasts. He was tall and skinny. I was short and fat. He didn't drink alcohol, I abused alcohol. Despite all of that, we would meet for breakfast every morning, usually two of the first people there, and eat our reconstituted eggs in silence as the dining hall came to life around us. Ryan bleary-eyed and showered, me still a little drunk. Ryan and I sort of stayed in touch after Bennington. We traded State of the Union emails infrequently. Then, coincidentally, he emailed me two weeks after my mom died. And after a couple of months, I finally sat down and wrote back. I unloaded on him, the poor guy, giving the worst-case scenario answer when someone innocently asked, How's it going? But Ryan, being the class act that he is, responded with care and affection and advice, and we've been in contact more frequently since. One day, I told him to check out my show. He said he enjoyed it, and I told him that if he felt like he had any story ideas, to pitch me and we'd work on it together. So, here it is, Father Engine, by Ryan Mecklenburg.
0: Father Engine. Once, when you were young, You and your father were in the car driving down a city street. A siren blared out from behind. Your father pulled over and took the opportunity to explain the laws for emergency vehicles. Pull over. Give them room. Where those trucks were going, people needed help. The fire engine sped by with lights flashing, and your head whipped along with it. Your father sat motionless and watched the receding lights in the rearview mirror. He was a tall man, chest like a barrel, red hair that was close to blonde. You pointed and told him to follow, but he remained parked. No, he said. You don't follow them. You'll never stop missing him, even while waiting to send off a package at the post office. Toward the front of the line will be what you knew of the back side of his head, bald and spotted from radiation. For a moment, it will be his head, as to be. The height and weight will be right. But the face, when the man finally turns around, will not be your father.
1: What I just experienced, what I experienced, is that thats that, is that, is that, is that,
0: is that? He once drove you to the church parking lot to meet up for a hiking trip with a scout troop. Nobody showed up. Later on, you learned the trip had been postponed. Nobody bothered to call because you weren't very consistent in attending activities. This one you showed up for. At the side of an empty parking lot, you thought that was the end of it. Time to drive back home. There were the sandwiches and the sodas you brought. We can't let this go to waste," your father said. The two of you drove up to the mountains in his truck. You parked along the road, and the both of you hiked. The trail was easy and ended at a waterfall. The pool was clear enough to see the rocky bottom. Both of you rolled up your pant legs and waded in, only to scream and cringe, shocked by the cold. Later, the two of you sat on boulders and ate ham sandwiches. You wouldn't have described it as beautiful. You didn't think in those terms at that age. What what was you 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 what man. he spells you spell as you spell as you spells you spell as you spell as you spells you spells you spell as you spell you spell as you spell you spelled You will drive by the house. It's not where he lived before dying, but where you lived with him as a teenager. A new family lives there. They've kept the front landscape with the small fountain by the front door, the river rock and the planters, and the row of spruce trees on the sides of the yard. You planted the trees when they were three feet high. They're fifteen feet now, easy. You drive by not to go inside or see who lives there, but to know something from your time with him still exists. It's been a year since he died. You won't understand why your father ever decided to sell this place. You had asked him. He never gave an explanation better than that he wanted a three car garage. Stepping up from two to three was never a good enough reason, at least not to you. His toys, his jet skis, and dirt bikes were always a difference between you and him. Our spirits live on hold...
1: exist in many, the, many, He LinkedIn-
0: th- once bought These you a helmet and the appropriate piranha, riding, ni- riding diy, gear when you were younger. Duck, as if the most exciting thing was to be out there on a the motorcycle with the throttle fully open. Riding only scared you. Balancing the bike scared you. It scared you when it took off. Scared you to break. When he eventually found out, he was actually hurt and sold off the bike at a yard sale. Once, unintentionally, you pulled a wheelie. Although you happened to land it and played it off and turned back to see his cheering, it scared you too much. That excitement was not the kind you were looking for, you couldn't understand it. You put on the helmet anyway, and followed your father, who sped off as if toward a fire.
1: This is the, 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 this this the now. This 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 this
0: Months after his death, you'll have a dream. In it, you pick up a phone, and it's his voice. You recognize it instantly. All you want is to keep him on the line. It sounds weak and distant. His voice is far, far away, as if shouting across a room into the receiver. It keeps fading. You ask where he is. You ask why he hasn't come around in so long. Where is he? Why won't he tell you where he is? You would rush right over if only he'd tell you. Speak up, you tell him need to talk louder He begins to tell you but his voice shrinks away 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 too soon. as you all may as you all me, as you all me, during 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 from away from from On the way out of the house, after an argument with him, you slammed the door. You were a teenager. Despite the anger and not wanting to speak to him, it was upsetting that he didn't chase after you. It was a few days before anything would get settled. In the meantime, you slept in your car a block from the high school. It was pleasing to think of him searching every last alley. It was what he deserved. Years later, you won't remember what the fight was about. On the last evening of being gone from home, a fire engine passed by, horns blaring, lights flashing. Who can say what caused such an impulse, but you chased after it. It took running a couple of lights and stop signs to keep up. When the chase turned into a residential neighborhood, you looked for the fire, smoke, the engine parked in the middle of the street. He watched from a distance. A crowd had gathered around a boy with his arms stuck in the storm drain. It was easy to spot the parents. The mother sat petting the boy's hair. The father stood helpless, holding a chisel and small sledgehammer. His toolbox was sitting there with ratchets and screwdrivers, wrenches and vice grips scattered on the sidewalk. The firemen rushed in and freed the boy. After the fire truck left, he remained parked to see what the parents would do. They walked their son into the house as if they couldn't believe he existed, and the crowd dispersed. You waited to see how long before the father came out to clean up the tools. They lay there the rest of the night, or at least until it got dark, and you finally drove home.
1: It was. It was. It was. It was. was, 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 was of the that, that you experienced.
0: Before he dies, he will be very ill. It's from the chemotherapy. After one particular treatment, he will visit your apartment. He flops down on your couch as if he has been on a long journey, he hasn't rested for days. He licks his chapped lips and asks how things have been. Mediocre, you tell him. Not mediocre, but in flux. He grins as if everything were funny. But you understand that he's only enjoying the moment. You try to also. He looks exhausted. You know he shouldn't be there. You ask him. You have to throw up. He shakes his head no. What's it like, you ask? Nothing tastes good, he says. All I can stomach is jello. Can't get enough of it. You will say, I haven't felt this sick since that weekly disappeared. Appeared, appeared, appeared. You almost don't believe him because when you had finally come back home, you barely looked over from the couch as you came in the front door. Nothing had been said in that moment about it. Forever, since, forever, since. Forever, 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 forever. One time you called home, too drunk to drive. Your stepmother answered, You were happy to have the presence of mind not to drive while under the influence. This was a milestone toward you becoming a responsible adult. It was two thirty in the morning when you called. You said You just have to stay there. We're not coming this early in the morning. You told her, but they won't let me sleep here. True, you could have slept in the car, but that wasn't your state of mind. You had to get home. And they would be upset if the car were left in this neighborhood. You hung up and it rained in your ears. Driving would be a bad idea, you knew, but only vaguely. It took some fumbling with the keys that wouldn't separate because your fingers felt fat and the keys felt so small that you couldn't grasp them until you did and clicked the key into the lock. Behind the wheel, you waited until your head stopped spinning before starting the car. You rolled down the window and puked. For a second, Clarity told you not to drive. Neither your father nor your stepmother would come and you had to get home. If they weren't going to help, you had to do it yourself. Once you started the car, there was a loud honking from behind. His car pulled up alongside yours. He got out waving his arms and hollering. The puke was running down the door. You might as well have been on fire. Or you were. were, Every specific eating To all of you Your father will lay in a bed At Loma Linda ICU You will not know Or maybe you are denying it But these will be the last days of his life He sits with a blank stare Tumors the size of quarters Will be crushing his brain as they grow Strangest thing A nurse comes in to change the sheets And he is able to roll over grab the sidebar to help. You can squeeze his hand and he squeezes back. Otherwise, call his name or initiate a conversation and he only stares as if down a long corridor. Entranced by nothing, the rest of you or your family by his bedside can see. When you leave the hospital for the night, it's with the assurance that you'll stop by the next day. Tomorrow, the specialist is coming to look over the brain scans and set an operation date to scoop out the tumors. Where is your father going? He's always been around. He'll be there tomorrow after you get off of work. The call will come late that night, and the other end will be your brother who is visiting from out of state. He will tell you about Dad turning gray. This is no more than a fact to accompany, maybe delay, what he must tell you. The words are that, only words. After hanging up the phone, you will lay down in bed and repeat these words to your wife, except you say them as if you need more dishwashing soap. For days, months, the whole following year, the words stick to every thought like a residue. They will be the first in the morning, the last at night that you think. All day they repeat, he's dead, he's dead, he's and go There was this other time you were driving with him, when he pulled over for a fire truck. You were a young teenager, thought you knew everything. The fire engine passed, and you weren't as enthralled as when you were younger. As he began to teach you something, you took the pose of folding your arms and looking away. Your father said it was called the Doppler effect, when a fire truck sounded stronger as it approached and weaker once it passed you by. It will have been a long time since your father died. You would have to sit down to calculate the exact number of days off the top of your head, at least a year and a half. That day you will realize he wasn't your first thought. That throbbing reminder, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead, has dead. He's dead. faded. He's dead. At least stopped for a moment. Will bother you for the following months? The worry takes the place of your brother's words. He's dead. Is this how it is? Will his presence, once he has passed, not solidify, but fade and fade and fade and fade? Now that begins to haunt you. One morning, driving to work, low on gas. You pull into a service station. The idea of forgetting your father will be there with you as if a passenger in the car. Taking up one side of the pumps is a fire engine. The fireman stands against the truck on one foot, with the other propped up underneath him. He watches the numbers running on the pump display. The truck barely fits underneath, yawning. You've never seen or imagined a fire truck getting fueled. Initially, it seems crazy, the idea, you know, that fire engines can run out of gas.
1: For more information about I Better Start writing this down, visit ibetterstart.net. Today's episode was produced by me, Joe Stracci, and written by Ryan Mecklenburg. Ryan was born in Southern California. He earned his BA in English at CSU San Bernardino, and his MFA in Creative Writing at Beddington College. His work has appeared in various journals and magazines, including the Atlantic Monthly. Currently, he is at work on a novel about a punk band. He resides in Southern California with his wife Trinity. We'll hopefully be featuring more of Ryan's work in future episodes of I Better Start Writing This Down. Speaking of which, if you want to support my show, there are three things that you can do. One, pledge a dollar or two at patreon.com forward slash I Better Start. That's P A T R E O N. Dot com forward slash I better start. once you've done that and thank you so much for supporting me if you do you can Chew, 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 rate the show Chew, in iTunes Chew, 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 if you already have convince a friend to rating the show in iTunes moves us onto and up list and in front of new eyeballs and hopefully into new ears after that you can Three, 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 Sparks and three, chatter three, about the show on social media. Three, 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 Share our Facebook posts. Tag a friend in the comments on our Instagram pictures. Retweet our tweets. I know it's stupid.
0: Hashtag. Hashtags are stupid.
1: But it helps to attract new listeners to the show. I Better Start Writing This Down is sponsored by Audible. If you go to audibletrial.com forward slash I Better Start... You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial and help to support the show all at the same time. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from. One title that I think IBSWTV listeners would enjoy is The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Shabon. The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay was the book that Ryan was reading when he first told me about his Pulitzer Prize reading project. I read it not too long after because of his recommendation. It's a fantastic book. To download The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay for free, go to audibletrial.com forward slash ibetterstart. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash ibetterstart to help support the show and in return receive a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. I Better Start writing this down as an unflagging social media presence. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. We're everywhere. All you need to remember are username in all the spaces. I Better Start. That's it. Hopefully, you wrote it down. You still like playing with it?
0: Yeah. What is it? Whoa. Catty, catty, where is the cat?
1: Are you reading a book?
0: Here's the cat diary. Whoa.
1: Hold on. There we go. So what book are you reading? Google cat, Google cat. It's under the bed. Can out defeat